Yo. Good to see you guys. Did you miss it last night? You are forgiven if you missed it. It was it was pretty awesome. Uh, and and there was we we had actual rock stars. You know they use that phrase and it it never applies. Actually last night it applied between Eli and Fernando and uh, and uh, several of the other students, Colson and, and uh, Austin and such, they were, and then uh, Mike on the drum. It was it was a real band. It w- I was I was impressed. I was I was kind of hoping that they would skip the bingo and just go into full concert, because that's about the only way that I could win. <laughs> you know how um, comforting it is when things stay the same. You know, just you. You go back to that favorite place and it's just the way you remember it and the whole thing. Good news. Everything is the same. The losing streak is intact. I couldn't even win in the bidding. They said there's a couple more minutes of bidding left. And so I lost in all the bingo. But then I went back to try and bid on something and they had closed the bidding on me. I'm pretty sure there's a conspiracy going on. But that's okay. It's uh. <clears throat> it was good to see all the uh, the different winners and such. And the food, my goodness. Um, you need a love on Hannah. <clears throat> so Hannah and the team. Um, and, um, and, and be nice and be gentle with her. Because she ran the whole, uh, the sale thing. What was, what do we call that? Garage sale. Then she coordinated all the food for last night and yesterday i think there were like eight crock pots or something she bought prepped the whole thing and then did you notice then she was up here leading worship also so she's like the perfect trifecta which which means she was here thursday night practicing so be be gentle with her (laughs) give her an energy bar or something so thank you hannah for all your hard work and everything changing our name to the First Church of the Hannah. So, um, welcome to Rock Bible Church. It's great to be in the house of the Lord, amen? Um, and, and why are we here? To make friends and have fun and raise money and things like, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, one of the things is we, we support one another, we pray for one another, uh, we show compassion and we help, we serve uh, one another and and one of the people in our congregation uh, is very much that way Anne Marie we brought her up last week to pray for her she had surgery this week there she is uh, with dad everything went as good as you could possibly hope um, he's already out of ICU uh, they are both recovering um, this is one of many smiley pictures that we have uh, access to um, so uh, thank you for praying for her with us last week and then this week during the week for those of you who remember to pray and then um, she's got several more weeks uh, dad's got quite a few more weeks of recovery and the whole thing before uh, they're out of the woods and so just pray for no uh, infection or anything like that and then um, let me see here do me a favor let's say uh, congratulations Amory and we love you, okay? Can you say that? Congratulations, Amory, and we love you. Okay, you ready? Hey, Amory. Hey, just just so you know, Amory, we 
We love you and you're great. And we're still as much of a mess as when you left us. We're so happy that, uh, that surgery went well. And this is from church service. Love you. So we'll shoot that off to her. I think from now on when we do uh, recitation and things like that, we should just jack it up. <laughs> because it makes people feel like they're, they're at home. They can, I, I can fit here, right? <laughs> it's like they, have, they do not have their act together. This is my place. <laughs> so, Hey, uh, speaking of my places, uh, we have women's ministry, men's ministry, uh, small groups and things like that. We've got a couple small groups. If you're interested in any of that, uh, please come talk to us and let us get you, help you get connected and the whole thing. All right, men's ministry, come talk to me. Uh, women's ministry, talk to Nicole or pretty much any of the women in here because they're all involved. Um, but uh, Jean leads one on Wednesdays and such. So um, let's get going. We're, we're finishing First John today. We're chapter five of five. Uh, so we're going to wrap up and we're going to talk about true belief. Uh, John has been talking quite a bit about uh, abiding in Christ. This, how, how do you exist with Christ immersed and enmeshed in you? Uh, and he's going he's gonna to close out chapter 5 with kind of some stuff you've heard before, but hopefully a way to look at it a little differently, a little, little twist. Let's pray, <clears throat> and then we will uh, both be jump in. Lord, uh, thank you for this morning and for your word. Thank you for last night and great experiences, for sure. More importantly, Lord, uh, for what you're doing and how you allow us to be involved in it, experience it, and then uh, draw others to it. So uh, we pray for this morning that what happens here uh, inspires us, equips us to do more of that, do more of you and your stuff. And so uh, be with your word this morning. I pray that you would guide it through your spirit. It would honor you in the name of your son, Jesus Amen. Amen. First uh, John chapter five, verse one. Here we go. Everyone. How many people? OK, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. Pretty straightforward. OK, and everyone who loves the father loves whoever has been born of him. This is a combo package inseparable, right? There's God, there's His Son, there's those that are born of Him. I mean, could we be talking about more than Jesus in this? How, how many of us were born of Him? <laughs> right? So, I mean, this is kind of an all-encompassing statement. He said this is how it works. Um, I want you to see this chapter. I think it's 21 verses. We're going to see really a definition of reality uh, according to God as John sees it. So this is how reality works. Verse 2, by this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God, and what's that word there? Just, uh, obey. I don't like that word. Obey His suggestions. Yeah. Um, it's funny, when you talk about uh, original language, like uh, Greek and Hebrew, one of the phrases that they use for uh, commands when you're given instructions that you are supposed to have to 
They call them in the imperative form, right? What's, what's that sound? If it's Im imperative, you know, you get a phone call. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Berglund, it's imperative that you respond to this, right? What, what's being said? Must. must. It's a great word. Must. When. Now. Must. Now. Right? Imperative. You just got a two-word, all-encompassing, rich man's definition of imperative. Right? Must. Now. He says, look, if you're gonna if you're gonna love God, here's the combo for it. Yeah, love him, but must now him. How how much? Always and always, right? Must now always. We just turned our two word definition into a three word definition. You're supposed to come in threes. Okay. And here he's going to define love. Like, for this is the love of God, that we keep his command. Wait, didn't he just say that? Okay, this is, this is a test of Rock Bible Church. Why did he repeat himself? So we get it, right? So we remember, muscle memory, so that we remember. Practice makes perfect, right? How many repetitions do I need till I get it, right? Um, is, is relationship with God stopped there? Well, this, Scott, I need more information and detail in that question before I can answer. Okay, um, when your relationship with God starts, is it just like you signed into the family and you get the uniform and the title and then that's it? Wait, there's more? There's more always, and there's musts, and there's now, and right. This is we we keep his commandments. We we do his imperatives. Why why imperatives? Why commands? Why combo meal here? Why can't we? Can you just be my dad and I'll be your kid and and then I'll just go do whatever I want? Does that work in any parent-child relationship? Because I'm trying to figure that one out in uh, three of my relationships, <laughs> right? He says, no, there's, there's, there's a give and take. There's a, there's a reality. We're going to get into that in a bit. There's a reality for how this works, right? A reality as opposed to many different realities or many different options. There's one option. That's, that's rough. Um, and his commandments, as if we haven't heard that word enough in three lines, his commandments are a pain in the tail. Are not burdensome. Um, what's a better uh, modern day regular word that you would trans translate burdensome with? No problem. They're, they're no problem. They are not diff difficult. Not a problem. Not difficult, not burdensome. Everybody buying that? Bunch of lemmings. Are you kidding? Thank you, Doug. Every single one of them's a burden, right? Well, the verse says the opposite, Scott. I don't know where you're going with this. I don't want to get in trouble, and I definitely don't want you to call on me right now. <laughs> um, they feel burdensome. 
But up here, John's saying, wait a minute. Change your thinking. Stop calling them burdensome. Stop calling them trouble. Stop calling them difficult. In fact, maybe we change the word for commandments to opportunities. And you have to say it with that sing-songy, warm tone. Oh, this sounds like an opportunity. God has given me a reality. Right? When we change it like that, what does it do to it? It takes the sting out. Um, what takes the most sting out of an opportunity? What takes the most sting out of a commandment? What makes commandments easier? Mas facile. More easy. Right? What? Sorry? Attitude? Obedience? Okay. This is fun. We have contrasting answers. Attitude. Let's go with that one first. Does, that, does your attitude affect your experience? Always. Okay. What's, what's the only thing that can affect your attitude more and your experience than you and, and attitude? What, what, there's only one thing that can affect you having a good experience with commandments than your attitude we're at church. Heitzman's not here. Okay, I want God to make my commandments and obedience a good experience. How does he do that? What was your answer again? Obedience. That's how it happens. How do you get God to come in and smooth over, take out the kings, add a little barbecue sauce? That's your thing. Um, you actually obey the reality and you have a good experience and and now you're training yourself to have a good attitude and that it works when you obey and then all of a sudden you could write to a whole bunch of people as an apostle and say yeah these are just opportunities in fact I'm going to take the just out these are opportunities in fact that's not strong enough. We're going to change it to these are amazing opportunities. Let's go. We must now always. Right. That's how John's looking at this. And yet when I'm at church, somebody tells me I have to. I, the hair's, you know, right. Anybody else like me at all? <laughs> Yeah, that's why I never tell you you have to give money. Why? Because right, it just it's uncomfortable for me. It's uncomfortable for you. And it's just like, no. Then now money becomes an opportunity rather than a commandment. Amen. Okay. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Now, this, is he like trying to see how many contradictory statements he can make? Because this is contradictory to experience. The world's winning, isn't it? That's what it feels like most days. I mean, it felt like it when I watch politics or hear somebody claim to talk about science 
taken a few science classes, and when my remedial science classes contradict what I hear somebody spouting, I feel like, how's that getting attention? Why are they winning? Like, I don't get it. I mean, I get fired up at the things where I start to think the world is winning. And, I mean, there's organizations out there, like, just you say their name, and I, I just I start to spin, right? I mean, I don't know how to say them without outing them, but if, if you wanted to have utilities in your house, <laughs> I mean, there are some banks out there. There are some other organizations that I... Right? Why? Because you feel like we're losing something. And John says, I know, I understand. We're not losing. We're winning. In fact, we win. In fact, we won. Act like it. Whatever that organization does to you, or however much they overcharge you, or however much your government limits you, or da, 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 or your spouse this, or da, 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 stop acting like you're losing. You already won. We've overcome the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. Faith. Which is a fancy way of saying who won. <laughs> Faith in who? God, so who's really winning if our faith is the victory that overcomes the world? Our faith in the utility provider? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's our faith in God and the fact that he has overcome, right? He was on the cross, <coughs> two uh, uh, criminals next to him, and there's a great phrase that he uses, right? Three words. And it's not about ethnicity. It sounds like it. It is finish. What's it mean? What's it mean? When something's finished, it's oh, it's over, it's done. It is really hard to remember for me, many times. That phrase, it is finished. Because the things I see and hear and experience out there seem to contradict, are we actually winning? Did we actually win? Because uh, sin is alive and well in this world. Amen? Amen, uh, that's true. A not amen, I like that. <laughs> right, I don't. In fact, when I, especially when I see it in the mirror. But what's faith? Faith is a belief and a hope that God and then fill in the rest of the sentence, right? Actually, it would be this way. God, and then fill in the rest of the sentence for you, left to right. Verse 5. Who is it that overcomes the world? All right, how do I do this? Like, who, who gets to experience this, right? Except the one who... The one who... Okay, get out your outlines. Look on the back. It says First uh, John chapter 5. Has the date. It's a new edition. We've modified our bulletins. Then what's it say under there? True what? Belief. This is where I stole the title. 
part of it. Um, and I, I started realizing as I was reading, it's, it's talking about true belief. Is I, got a, I got a lot of beliefs, <laughs> right? Many of them fail. The most of which is the Oakland Raiders. still want to believe they're in Oakland. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, 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 this is my belief, okay? You don't get to mess with my belief. Um, there is one belief that works. One. That's kind of weird to think about. If you could limit yourself to one belief, well, you only want me to believe in one thing. I want you to limit yourself to the idea that there is one belief that actually works. The rest fail. That's weird. No, if I just work a little harder, if I say the right thing, if I'm if I smile and if I uh, if I show up or if I if I leave it alone for a while, it'll get better. Nope. Well, if I get dad involved or my kids involved or if I Tell me about boss ahead of time. You know, how many of those things work? Unless God, nothing. Right? Unless God, nothing. We have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And here's why um, so many people hate our religion. Right? Um, we're exclusive. There's no way getting around that. We tell truth. That's rough. There's none righteous. No, not one. Right? No one comes to the Father except through the Son. There's all this exclusive experience and exclusive truth. That's going to work for most no one. In fact, it says the road is narrow and few are those that find it. I love that verse. Because it gives me permission to have a small church. Well, we're, we're not supposed to have a lot of people. The road's narrow and fewer are those that find it. I want the real ones. More importantly, I want to be a real one. You know, the idea that believing Jesus is the Son of God, that idea affects everything. Like, how do I play that out? This is what John is asking for. In fact, the three previous chapters, he keeps talking about abiding in Christ. How do you continue to exist infected? I mean, that's, I think, the best way to think about our relationship. You know, we like to think about it as, oh, Jesus is like Santa, and he gives us gifts all the time. Okay, that's kind of good. Jesus is like a gardener, and we're the plants, and he tends us, or... He's a shepherd and we're sheep. And okay, those are. I think the most inclusive one that makes the most sense to me it's a virus. <laughs> we're fairly familiar with viruses, right? Um, I like to think that Jesus is a virus who is, has infected me and I, I, there's no way to get it out. There's no cure. All of a sudden, I like viruses <laughs> for a second. <laughs> but it affects all of my experience. This is what John is getting at. This is he who came by water and blood. Hmm. This is getting a little eebie-jeebie, Scott. What is he talking about? Um, 
Jesus came by water. What do you think might be, what do we do that involves water at church? Baptism. Okay, was Jesus baptized? Okay, good. He came by water and by blood. There's a different kind of baptism that he experienced. I'll give you a guess. Uh, Just think about it. See if you have anything that comes to mind as to how he was baptized by blood. Right? Crucifixion on the cross. He gave his life for many, many reasons. But he, they're, both, they're both public testimonies, right? In fact, both of those, as we read the accounts in Scripture, they are surrounded by a multitude, a myriad of people. Who was it? Jesus Christ. Not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. Okay, this is like, why is this combo? Mm, remember the thing we were just talking about, love and obedience? combo ooh maybe water is meant to for us to look at it as like the love and then yeah but do you do you mean it Jesus can you follow through it yeah let me show you let me introduce you to the cross more important let me introduce you to who I am and what I am capable of and what I can protect and provide and none can change it ever I can show you what must now and always look like he says look jesus proved it and the spirit is the one who testifies because the spirit is truth wait there's more than just baptism and crucifixion when it comes to the story of christ yeah apparently there's this spirit for there are three that testify Ooh. we sometimes talk about the baptism of the holy spirit and in some forms of religion take that and run with it i would say too far a simple way to ask the question and and you affirm and confirm is was jesus infused with the holy spirit it's absolutely clear and john saying look this is proof of who he was and how reality works the Spirit and the water and the blood, these three all agree. They testify to the same thing. We, If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is even greater. There's nothing that a man or a woman could ever say that would be as powerful as what Jesus and God and the Spirit have said and done and accomplished for us. He's saying, look, you're going to run into some opinions does that happen? Lemmings. Because you're sleeping today. You start doing uh, intravenous caffeine and sugar. I'm just, well, never mind. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his son. This is the testimony. What, what you just talked about? Water, blood, and spirit? Or is this one... Verse 10, what's coming going to be the testimony. Which one is it? It's both. Okay, good. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar. Ooh. He's very simple. um, And I know you would all answer this question one way. Hey, would you like to um, call God a liar? I have 
exclusive tickets front row in front of God and you could sit in front of him and say, you know, God, you're a liar. <laughs> you want to come? It's going to be awesome. Um, anybody taking that ticket? They're free tickets? Yeah. Dumbest thing ever, kind of. Right? So it's, why, why would you go against the testimony of God when he's proved it so many ways? Because he has not believed. Uh, God, because it, why are you calling God a liar? Because you've not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his son. If you don't believe it, you're basically calling him a liar. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. When's that start? Starts now. Okay. Very, very, very few mandates at Rock Bible Church. One of them is eternal life starts now. Amen? Okay. Um, and this life uh, is however you want to do it. It's in if you, um, if you have perfect attendance at church. No. Um, you know we don't take attendance? Because I don't have to. <laughs> Apparently it's not important. What's important? His son. Well, if you don't take attendance, and you, I mean, do you track the finances? Yeah, loosely. Well, how do you how do you gauge like if the church is being effective? It's a great question. You're a different industry than any other industry on the planet. Almost all of them are in the business of making. We're not. What? How do you gauge if a church is working? If it's Christ-centered and biblically based, <laughs> are they compelling themselves and others to Christ? How many of them? All of them. In what ways? Casual ones. Anyway. And then we act like it together so that they can feel it too. We do it so we can invite others to it because we try to do it well, but we never get mistaken what our agenda is well, I wish it was that way we always get mistaken I got mistaken last night what was the value in last night amazing rock band mm. uh, we uplifted the name of Jesus Christ in our community we had two tables of uh, elementary school teachers right we raised funds for students to know about Christ, Jesus, God. That's, that's really what happened. Now, was the rock band awesome? Say yes. Right? But when we make sure we keep the first thing first, then we're, then we're experiencing reality. I write these things. Oh, wait, excuse me. Verse 12. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. It's about as simple as a phrase as you can get it. You either have it or you don't. That's kind of like my uh, stepdad's concept of being on time. There's no such thing. You're either early or you're... There is no on time. That has changed my whole concept of timing. Right? There's, you either have life 
or you don't. And we're going to talk about that one a little bit more. I believe it's fill-in number two. We're going to get there. But uh, I write these things, verse 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. What's great about that sentence? Oh, geez, Scott, I think there's a lot of things. Excellent. Let's do top ten. Here we go. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Give me a, give me a positive observation. It can be known. Eternal life exists. You can believe. Come on, people. I don't want to do all the work for you. In fact, if you don't get any, I'm just going to keep walking to the back. And if we don't, I'm just leaving. Right? You can have confidence because we know. Right? Important to someone else? Yeah, because they wrote it. Okay? You may. It means it's possible. You have. Why is that an awesome, positive observation? You have. <laughs> how much money would you like to have versus how much money do you have? Those are very different things. This is what I think Doug just called it now. In the language terms, now is the present. That's why we call it a gift. Right? Present gift. There's so many things that are great about this. This is how it works. And this, verse 14, and this is the testimony, uh, this is the confidence that we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that he ha we have asked of him. Um, this is awesome because earlier I asked you if a relationship with the, with the Lord, like starting that relationship, if that's just, that's it. And I kind of joked with you, no, 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 we have a relationship with the Lord. And then we go above and beyond. After that, there's, there's more. We talked about the imperatives, the must, now, and always. Great. What this means is there's more to do. How, how does that mean that? Because if you have requests, you still exist and something's going on. Because you have something to ask for or about or forgiveness for. There's, there's an ongoing to this. Hence the concept of abiding. It's continuous action. And we can talk to him. He hears this. And we know we have these requests. And if anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask and God will give him life. To those who commit sins that do not lead to death. Now, we're not going to spend very much time on this. This is going to get a little bit wonky. Okay, here we go. Uh, there is sin that leads to death. And I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. There's some things when you go that far, eh, there's no coming back. He says, that's not what I'm talking about. Because there's no coming back. There's a whole bunch of other sins that you can recover from. Why don't you spend your time on those things and helping people recover from those things and avoiding them yourself and the whole thing. And 
probably that's going to be how you avoid the sins that lead to death also, right? We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. What's the opposite of keep on sinning? O bay ing <laughs> right or following or how about this one believing opposite of sinning is believing well those sinning is an action and believing is a thought or something yeah except in their culture if you believed it you did it if you didn't do it then you didn't actually believe it they would never separate the two I like to think that the opposite of sinning is believing or having faith. Not just faith, but what kind of faith? What's the top of the outline? True faith, right? True belief. The kind that actually works. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. Huh. You mean the devil made me is a farce? Yes, it is. He can never make you do anything. Love that. Where am I? Oh, verse 19. Uh, we know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. That's apparent. Watch any channel. Uh, and we know that the Son of God has come and given us. Really? Because I seem to be confused regularly. Are we always clear? We have understanding. But sometimes clarity evades us. When does clarity evade us? When we're sinning or going off and doing our own thing. But is understanding at our disposal? I can plug into it. It takes almost no effort. But it does take some effort. Right? You have to make an attempt. And then it works. And why has he given us under the, So that we may know him. Awesome. And he's true. You know him and you know the experience of him. That's awesome. You're ta talking about somebody. We'll, we'll pretend you're talking about me with somebody else. Oh, you know Scott? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know Scott. Well, what's he do? He's a pastor, and he coaches a little bit poorly on the side. Um, yeah, but what's he like? See, one is, what does he do? The other one is character. Not what does he do, but who is he? Ooh. I want to know way more than what God does. I want to know him. And he wants to spend a lot more time than on what we do in knowing us and having us know him. That's pretty cool. talked about this uh, a while back. Um, one of the joys of this one right here, Julie, um, uh, w w we can have a lot of experiences. 
yeah, activities. But over time, we get to know each other. <gasps> Weird. Um, she finishes most of my sentences now. It's another topic for, right? Um, but your relationship with God is meant to be same. Same kind of experience. Get to know each other. Finish each other's sentences, right? Um, to the point where you, somebody comes up and asks you something obscure about Christianity or faith or the Bible, and you could say, well, I'm not really sure, but I can tell that that's wrong, or I could tell that that would be okay. Well, how do you know? It's uh, my spidey sense, you know? Because you know him, and he knows you. We are in him who is true, in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. This, is, by the way, is one of the great verses for um, arguing the deity of Christ because right here it calls him the true God, right? So we get our arguments for Trinity out of this too and stuff. Just important little things that you got to make sure you see on the side. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Wait, what? <laughs> Five chapters of all this abiding in Christ and the whole thing in the... The last word of the whole book is idols? What? We haven't talked about idols at all. What's with the random? John was losing it. He must have been on Patmos way too long. He's coming up, right? He's, he's, uh, he needs some of that Alzheimer medication. <laughs> like, what, what just happened? The whole book just happened. Anything other then all of the previous sentences in this book would be idol worship. To put anything before Christ would make it an idol. Your comfort, your ego, your preferences, your thoughts, your emotions. You put those ahead of um, your job, your experience, any of those things. Are you abiding in Christ? Hmm... Are you truly believing? No. Weird. You know what John did? The, the fight was over, and you had clearly lost. And he just turned around. <laughs> one more shot. <laughs> He's leaving, right? And he just smacked you one more time, and you realize, oh, well, that actually is totally on point for the whole book. He just changed the words he was using. Why did he do that? Same reason he repeats stuff. So we think about it more and we get it, we be reminded. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. Um, true belief happens. It does exist. You have it. How do you how do you experience it? Well, loving and obeying. He talked about it a lot. Was this one of those where you, you get the loving down and when you get the loving finally down, then you move on to obeying? Are these steps? No, they're not. What are they? Whoa, put on your college hats, people. They're congruent. What a great word. Right? What's another way to say that? They're equal. They're the same. Simultaneous synonymous you what happens when you do loving and obeying 
what if you are must now always and caring what happens be very general good things <laughs> was it that hard good stuff happens it's it's it's, it's impossible to have much of a bad experience when you are being loving and obeying at the same time. Uh, the only idea that comes to mind is somebody who's just really off the deep end and bitter and they see you doing what they know they're supposed to be doing. And it's like, oh my gosh, the McGrogan's are so great all the time. I hate you. <laughs> right? That's about the only bad experience you could ever have. And it's actually a good experience. Why? Because there's a reality truth thing that's going on in that person who's all twisted up. And Twisted up people can get untwisted. There's no bad. And it leads to how we experience the fatherhood. I could have said how we experience God, but that would be a little bit too, too plain language you've always heard. If I say, hey, you get to experience real fatherhood, fatherhood what emotion starts building in you like we, we are probably never in church gonna ask for a raise of hands of who had a good dad and who had a bad dad we will not go there okay I'll do this I have a great dad flawed holes out there sometimes but when I think about the great experiences of my dad there's I mean very little compares with it great experiences with mom compares with it but we're not doing that today right there's an opportunity to have great perfected idealistic view of fatherhood experience with God regardless of your real dad or any experience that you've ever had there is nothing that can separate us for the from the love that is in Christ Jesus amen what that means is you can have absolute amazing interaction with God where things start to understand and you get to experience life. Well, gee, Scott, how do I do that? Be loving and obedient. Well, how, when? Well, you must now, now always. Have you, have you met the non-loving, disobedient? I've lived with some. It's scary. Does it work? How often? Are we talking about two absolute extremes? Okay, good, we got it. Moving on, number two. Uh, there is... True belief is you believe this, right? You believe the first phrase. This is, the feelings are things we believe if we truly believe. Okay, I forgot to qualify that. Now, point number two. You have to believe this. There's 
one life. There's one. What's that mean? What have we just excluded? All other options. There's life in Christ. Everything else, say it again, is death. And here's the problem. It may not be immediate death. You might think you're okay for a little while. You might have slipped one past the spouse for a little bit. You might feel good. There might be an immediate payoff or immediate, what's that ugly word? Oh, gratification. And then later you find out it was a bait and switch. And where do you end up? Death. There's one life. There's one reality. It is the only way that it works. You want something? You want something? The rest of you may go. <laughs> we all want something. Yeah? Show of hands. You want anything. Every hand should be up, right? Number one, lunch. I want lunch, okay? <laughs> if you want something, there is one way that you get it. God either gives it to you or he don't. If you can twist, uh, not twist, that sounds bad. If you can train your mind to believe this, everything starts falling into place. Now, I'm going to go on a rant about translation of the scriptures. Bugs me to all get out. We use uh, English Standard Version. See up at the top, 1 John ESV, English Standard Version. Why do we use that one, Scott? Great question. Because a good modern-day translation of like everyday English, like if I was having a conversation with Julie, this is kind of the way we would say it back and forth, and yet very true to scripture and when it comes to word order and uh, word definition okay and i know that can be a little bit technical well, why don't you use another translation well some of them are wonky okay new american standard my favorite she knows we've been around too long right Julie could have told you this, too, because she knows everything. And she's always right. Um, New American Standard is my favorite. And what is the question, then, that should be popping into your head, then? Because there's a... Why aren't we using New American Standard, Scott? Because it's wonky. It uses big words regularly, like propitiation. Like, what? Uh, because it tries very, very hard to keep exact word order and as exact word definition. And no one speaks like that. So we could do it, but I would have to break down things even more, where if I just use ESV, it's a little bit faster, smoother, and that's the way we talk. And then when we need some from, from the New American Standard, I can pull it out and beat you with it. Which is right here. He who has the Son has life he who does not have the son does not have life and here's the catastrophic fail of that translation in the bible by the esv you left out the tone and the two what are you talking about 
There's these amazing words in the Bible. How big are they? They're small, right? A, super powerful word. And also very powerful. You know what is absolutely amazing in the Bible? The. How many times is the word the in Scripture? Oh, Scott, let's please don't go down this road. No, we're never going to. I'm never going to count that, right? But that verse, he who has the Son has life, actually has the definite article, the, in front of life. He who has the Son has the life. Not a life or life in general. It has the life. And if you do not have the Son, the Son, then you do not have the life. Only one. And here's the problem. They figured out how to translate it in front of son. The son. Do not have the son. But they took it out later. They were saving on ink. Do you know how much you save when you eliminate two thes from Scripture and print hundreds of thousands of them? I mean, can you imagine how much money they saved? Get it right, or you got it wrong. And we think that there are alternatives in life. Well, we all have choices. In fact, Pepsi told me that this is the generation of choice. Yeah, good, good one there. Great theology. Life works one way. With God. Without God, whatever you're experiencing... That's not life. Well, I'm still living, yes, but God has a better definition of life than we do. Amen? Where he's like a perfect father to us and gives us an example of love and obedience. Um, Katie, could you give me that um, slide from the song we sang earlier? Oh, Oh, the love that sought me and then the blood that bought me. It's that water blood thing and that, that it's the cross. It's Jesus saying, look, let me show you how you're supposed to live because this is the way that it works. Not one of the ways. It's not an option unless you think of options as life or death. There is no alternative existence amen so how do you think how do you feel what do you observe and how can you change what you want and 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 all these things all right let's go back to last one number uh three um true belief means we oppose everything that opposes him we oppose everything that opposes him um that's tough to do what are some ways that that's tough? Do you know all of the things that oppose him? No, so we're limited in knowledge, right? What else is difficult when you get into opposition? When you're in opposition, there's an opponent. Somebody's going to push back on you. Who's going to push back on you the most? Do not say your spouse. 
Who's going to push back on you the most? God, good answer. Who else? It's made out of glass and it's reflective. You're going you're gonna to be the one that opposes yourself the most. Paul says, I write to you who believe. He's writing to us. He's writing to Christians. He's, he's writing to those in whom Christ dwell, that abide in Christ. And he says, guess what? There is plenty of opposition to God in the world within you. Fix you. Focus on you. Obsess within you. Stop fixing other people. Quit having so many opinions about others and what they do and just handle your own business. <laughs> Take care of business. Right? Oppose everything that opposes him within you. That's how you're going to get to true belief. You know? It's verse 21. After the whole book. Hey, uh, be a good idea if you avoid idols. <laughs> it's, it's a great parting shot. How do we do it? We love and obey. Always. Now. We must. And then we invite others to it. We explain it the best we can. We do it with a smile on our face. We we fork out expense for others to make it happen. It's why we send kids to camp. It's why we run a children's ministry. It's why we have any of the different ministries, small groups, whatever, mission. Why? We're trying to get it out there. Being a community that serves the greater community. Why? So that we can say we're um, a social justice church. No, it's how we compel ourselves and others to Christ and get them to where they could say, you know, I think, I think I'd like to maybe get into Scripture a little more because it seems like it's true and it kind of works and it's giving me a glimpse of reality and the life. In fact, maybe I should be Christ-centered. What do we just do? We just went backwards through our purpose statement. <laughs> right? Because it's meant to work. Are we here to raise money? Say no. Are we, to, are we here to set re attendance records? Say no. Are we here to be Bible scholars? No. What are we here for? Why are you still here? Right? Remember the end of Ferris Bueller? credits are going and and then he he walks and he's like what are you doing here go home the movie's over once you became a christian why did he leave you here why are you still here there's more to do for him his imperatives with other people there's more we get to experience in loving God and loving our neighbor. And if you've never decided to start that journey, start it today. You could tell God, you could just use the title. Hey God, I want to be a true believer in you from this day forward. Be my Savior. Take me in. Take over. 
infect me with you as a virus. I, how are Sarah, how are you? Quickest way might be to say, I'm in. And then let us help you. You can do it. And that's why we're here. We believe in him and we believe in you. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning and this book. Thank you for your word and your consistency in your character and that we get to see it play out in your actions and namely in your son, Jesus Christ. And we're so fortunate to be able to have a relationship with him and a relationship with you and to be guided in relationship with your spirit. And so show us, Lord, how, how does love and obedience work? How does true belief work and I, I pray that each one of us you you would be prodding for spe specific ways that would apply to us maybe more than anything else we thank you for our church and what we get to experience and that offering is one of the ways you do that and so we thank you for this offering that we're about to receive pray that you would bless this church through it and everyone regardless of their giving and that no one would feel obligated. We pray all of this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Trade. He took the bread and the wine. He said, let me give you a preview. He said, I want to show you what true belief is. I'm going to show you what obedience is. I'm going to show you what love is. Uh, maybe in our communion time this morning, if you want a suggestion... What can you thank him for in all that he is and all that he does? And absolutely, if you have something that's pressing you, put that at his feet. Because he proved that he can solve it all. Amen? He took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my blood or body uh, broken for you. And then he took the bread, he dipped in the wine. He said, this is my blood shed for you do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me shall we participate together father god we thank you for this ultimate offering and we do this to honor him and remember you bless this time we pray this in your son's name amen come on down two stations there's gluten-free crackers on the side if you need them. May you do all that leads to the life. Amen. Go with him.